Nelson spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm Jay. Hurley, what's going on this morning? How are you? Good morning, Jay. I'm doing just fine on a rainy day, but uh, looking forward to getting with you guys. Yeah, right on. Well, we formatted the show like a round of golf, and the first segment is the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by the Gateway PGA. Uh, please help me congratulate more than 300 men and women in our section that help us to enjoy our golf experience and do grow the game and make it better for us. So thank you to the Gateway section. All right, Pearl, so quick little meta update. You and uh, Have you and what's-his-name uh, connected yet? Zuckerberg's in hiding because he knows that uh, they're, uh, they haven't done what they should be doing. And then our, uh, on Twitter, our friend Jack Dorsey is, uh, is uh, r- running sideways as well. So it's been a little tough, but I'll stick with it. Okay, good report. Um, and we do want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue from Donahue Painting and Refinishing. <laughs> These guys do great work on the inside of your home, the outside of your home. Check them out online and look at some of the staircases that they've refinished. It is spectacular work, and they're great people. All right, so somebody, we've got Randy Sims as a a guest that I interviewed this week. He is the CEO uh, here in St. Louis of Executive Search. He is an avid golfer, about a six or seven handicap. He also happens to be a, a double, double, how am I speaking this morning? A double lung transplant recipient going on his 23rd year. And I thought, I tried to get this done right after Thanksgiving because I thought, man, there's so much gratitude in this guy's voice, and, and, and it's been perfect for Thanksgiving, but we're, we're going to be a day, a week late. But, uh, man, really a, a, a cool human. Yeah, Jay, I thought it was an excellent interview. I'm looking forward to everybody having a chance to hear about it. I know it touches you special, and, and me too, uh, to, to at least some level, because uh, our good friend Dillard Pruitt's wife uh, struggled with this disease for a long time and, and, and lost the battle ultimately. So when you hear stories like this, it's just absolutely heart-lifting and, and as good as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got that interview. What about the Tiger Woods video? we got to touch on this. I mean, the entire, first he sends out a, about a five-second video clip of his swing, and the golf world goes crazy. The players on tour go crazy. Everybody is all fired up. And then he follows it up with a little 30-minute interview with uh, – uh, the uh, what's her name Hetty uh, with uh, with Golf Digest and yeah it was really interesting. What is your biggest takeaway from that interview? Uh, I'm hoping that it's Tiger laying in the wood weeds and in the woods. That'd be, actually be better. Tiger laying in the woods. I'll leave it at that. And <laughs> and and I it's Jay the whole uh, I've climbed the mountain and I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> That's, that's not how this guy was built. So I don't know. I don't know if he's just trying to be very practical, but I hope we talk about transitions because you've had your transition kind of away from major competition in golf. I've had it relative to my little world relative to golf. So I hope we get to talk about that because that's where Tiger is. But I'm not buying for a second that he's, oh, yeah, I'll show up once in a while and just see if I can play okay. Not buying it. No. No, it was interesting. I, I, I You know, he, when he said I'll never – play on tour full-time again, I'm thinking the most events he ever played in a year was 15. You know, I mean, he's always played the smallest schedule of anyone that's that's played the game. It was just all about the quality, not the quantity. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't buy it either. I'm hoping that, you know, once he keeps progressing, he gets to a different level um, than he was there. I, I, I laughed when he talked about how big his triceps got, you know, on his by doing so much crutching around. And I, I, I you know, it's, it's just funny how that got thrown in there. But I'm, I'm excited. The fact that, um, you know, he said it was 50 50 on whether he's going to lose his leg or not uh, early on in the hospital and spending three weeks in the hospital had to be, uh, you know, pretty brutal. So good news is he's headed in the right direction and there's going to be more to come.
that's what matters. He can play some level of golf, and he's and he's looking healthy, and his attitude seems pretty damn solid. Uh, also, let's keep track of uh, how it works with those social media points, because as he leaks his stuff a little bit here and a little bit there, uh, he'll be winning that whatever that is. Already done. Of the, they, of they the can, 40 million. Exactly. They give they they can give this year's to him already. I mean, who's gonna? I mean. They've got a bunch of uh, Ricky Fowler and his wife just had a baby. There's a, a Jordan Spieth, uh, uh, he and his wife, and uh, Jason Day. The bunch of you know those things got a little bit of play, but Tiger just just swallows them up with how can, big can it be, is. Can, can you be leading winner uh, money winner on the tour without playing or making a cut? He had to be this year. He had to well, win he it will, this he year. Will be, he will There's be no again next year if yeah. he plays even a little bit. Plus, yeah. he knows how to, how to play this whole game, so that's not a bad way to go. Right. So, Pearl, I don't want to talk about this too much, but I think we need to touch on it. What did you think of the match? And uh, unfortunately, you know, because of the way the show's recorded, we didn't get to touch on that last week. And I know this is old news, but I didn't think much of it at all. Well, I think the nature of the matches in general – this this can happen where just one guy whacks the other guy. You know, we were both fans once upon a time of Shell's wonderful world of golf. A lot of times those could be kind of close, but sometimes that they weren't. And I think those guys also played it a little bit. I think I think here one or the other guys just soon drummed the daylights out of the other guy, and and he did. Um, so I don't I don't know. I I think it's good for off season stuff, and if they want to make a bunch of money and something to watch on TV. Um, What's your I, I take know. on this? I, I, what are your, your take on the Barkley and, and Philly Mick uh, banter? And Phil just, there's no off button. Well, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, for me, I think Charles is going to have an upper hand on most people just because he's, he's Charles. Um, you know, Phil's going to be Phil and trying to do the promo and trying to do all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's all okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I think like a lot of people, I want to see them – if they really want to go at this thing, put up ten or twenty million of your own dollars. Something that's going to make make sense or make matter to them. If they bet a half million dollars uh, or to a million dollars, doesn't really matter to those guys. But I would I would love to see if there was amount of money that they actually had to plop on the on the table where it cost them. Uh, and, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. But that no. that to me is what would happening. be interesting. Right. I, that's what I, would be interesting, don't you think? Cause, oh don't, yeah. What, what, why does it really matter? Okay, some pride. Well, they're going to play against each other a thousand different times. And the other thing that's interesting, we've talked about, it's like the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup's different than any other tour event. That's why it's interesting to watch. When these guys aren't playing regular tour events, it's interesting to see how they play in these circumstances under these situations. It's a very different game playing tour golf versus going out and playing 18 holes uh, of a match. so Or 12. I don't know. It, 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 well, yeah, right. It's, but it, I, like play, I like watching golf, so overall I like it. All right, all right. Well, we'll see. I, I, think, I, think, I thought it was interesting when Charles started talking about the money he lost on the Nebraska football game, and you could tell all he really wanted to do was get on a plane and get down to the Iron Bowl and watch Auburn play uh, uh, Alabama. But, um, you know, that's going to wrap up this uh, front nine. Uh, I want to do the tip of the cap segment right now. The tip of the cap segment, it's brought to you by my buddy, Colin Burnt, over at the Dean team of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. Uh, the tip of the cap goes to our local uh, law enforcement, uh, the men and women in blue, as well as our firefighters, our EMS teams, all of those first responders. I was uh, recently at Wild Crush. And we had uh, Chief Cavins in from Town and Country Police Department. And he started telling some of the stories about some of the things that these men and women do on a daily basis that never gets brought up. It never gets talked about. And they're there every single damn day. And they're providing this service and keeping us safe and doing things uh, because they love and support the community. So my hat is off to them. It goes largely unnoticed and unappreciated, and it's really until there's something horrible happens that you ever see these guys. So uh, thank you to those guys, and thank you to uh, my buddy Colin at the Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Come back on the front nine. I've got my interview with Randy Sims. This is Golf with Jay Delson. This is Paul Lazinger, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. 
our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you, as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. It is awesome. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Colin Burnt over at the Dean Team of Kirkwood. Folks, if you're looking for any sort of vehicle, I know it says Volkswagen of Kirkwood. Colin has a parking lot full of new and used cars. I was just over there the other day. I bought a used VW Passat for my daughter, Joe, who just totaled it in an accident. She texted me, by the way, and said, Dad, I tapped a car in front of me. She tapped it so so well that the car's totaled. Anyway, I talked to... Um, to Colin, and he is working out a new vehicle for us. But we went over and looked. There is a huge selection of cars over there. My buddy Pearlie that does the show with me had bought a used Toyota truck from Colin and just loved the service and loved the vehicle. Um, 314-966-0303. This is like dealing with family over there. These are great people. Colin's there. His right-hand person, Brandy, is there to, to do anything they can to get you in the vehicle you want. Give them a call today. Powers Insurance and Risk Management is sponsoring a VIP St. Louis Blues game experience for two lucky winners. Enter to win a front row seat right behind the visitor's bench and join Jay Delsing and Tim Davis from Powers Insurance as you take in all the action while the Blues host the Calgary Flames. All you have to do to enter... Just go to powersinsurance.com backslash go blues. The winner will be announced on January 9th. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency here in St. Louis that specializes in robust insurance policies designed to provide coverage that's tailored to your personal needs. Hey, I know you've heard a lot about club fitting, but I need you to go visit my friends at Pro-Am Golf. They're a family-owned and operated golf discount shop in St. Louis that's been operating for over 40 years. They have a top quality fitter in CJ over there and a very qualified staff with the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art technology in the industry at all. They've got a really cool ball program coming that will help you fit your swing speed to the right ball. But most importantly, they have the lowest prices in town on this fitting. And you know what's really special? They take the price of the fitting and roll it into the new clubs that you purchase over there. So basically, the fitting costs you nothing. Visit Tom DeGrand. He's been in the business for over 40 years and a great guy. And they'll watch you hit balls in their simulator. So stop by and ask for the Delsing discount. And they'll give you even more money off their already low price. That's Pro-Am Golf, a family-owned business here in St. Louis. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, we're back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm Jay. John's with me. Brad Barnes. Meet. He's taking good care of us here. And we are headed to the front nine that's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Raised over $800,000 for our three North County charities in the first year. And year two is going to be bigger. Year two is going to be better. And it's going to just be a spectacular thing out at Norwood. So look forward to that coming. All right. We are going to just jump right into my interview with Randy Sims. He is the CEO of Executive Search here in town. He's also an avid golfer. And he is a double, double lung uh, transplant recipient. Enjoy this interview. Maybe. Yes, sir! One of the greatest displays 
of courageous golf that anybody has ever seen any place. Randy Sims is brought to you by Golden Tee. I am sitting down this morning with my buddy Randy Sims. Randy is the CEO of Executive Search here in St. Louis. Randy, thanks for joining me this morning. Well, thank you, Jay. It is great to be with you for sure. Oh, my gosh. Randy, um, we don't go way back. We're kind of new friends. But I saw this article that was written about you in the um, St. Louis Business Journal and we got on the phone, and you've, uh, besides some numerous terrific business and personal accomplishments, you are a double lung transplant survivor, thriver, and now you are a spokesperson for the transplant industry and for just anything that you can do to tell people about this experience. Yeah, well, I thanks, Jay. I'm... Uh... Honored to be here. Honored just just to be on your show. Honored to be doing life in general. Honestly, I mean, and um, those things that I try to do is just a way to give back. Because, gosh, I've been given so much in my life, and you know, I, the the first thirty two years of my life were great. Um, I had my double lung transplant at age thirty two. I'm fifty five now, and the years since. My transplant have been double great. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's uh, gave me a whole new life, literally. I mean, I was pretty much at the end of my rope um, on oxygen 24 hours a day, you know, had to stop working, couldn't really do much, was just, you know, pretty much literally sitting by the phone, carrying a pager, hoping and praying that, um, you know, I would get the opportunity to, to have a new chance at, at life. And thankfully, I I did. So, uh, gosh, any, any time I get a chance to give back, help the, the transplant community or, you know, really anyone in general, it's always a, a pleasure and an honor to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, you can hear the gratitude in your voice, and I just love that. But, Randy, take us back to kind of the buildup. It had to be such a battle for you mentally. Cystic fibrosis is such a oh cruel is a, the word that comes to mind, and there's so many others that you can use, but it's just such a hard thing to, to first of all, be diagnosed with personally, like yourself, but also to watch a, a loved one. I had a friend whose wife passed away from that, and it was just really horrible. Yeah, it's, it's a tough disease. It's, uh, it's a childhood disease. Um, you're, you're born with it, but uniquely enough, I, I grew up in uh, central Illinois, and um, my parents knew something was going on, but uh, I was tested for it, but not diagnosed with it a few times. Um, and finally, when I was 10 years old, uh, my mom and dad said, we're going we're gonna to drive you over to St. Louis Children's Hospital. It was about two hours from where we lived in central Illinois. I grew up in Charleston, Illinois. And um, the first test there came back positive for CF. And... So yeah, it's it's not a very common disease. Uh, we we didn't know much about it. No one in my family had it. It's just it's a a unique situation in, in its own. But uh, my my parents were both carriers from somewhere down the line, and um, so they they admitted me immediately into the hospital. Had my mom and dad stay there at age of ten to teach us what this new life was going to be like with cystic fibrosis, the medicines to take the chest therapy to, to work on my lungs to help keep them clear the aerosol treatments so all of a sudden I was you know a kid in school and not feeling really good but doing okay um, to now you know being diagnosed with this and my daily routines you know went from you know like any other kid getting up getting dressed going out catching the bus to now getting up an extra hour and a half early to do these aerosol treatments and Back then, my mom and dad literally, you know, pounded on my my chest and my back to help try and keep my airways clear and and, and cleared out for that day. And usually, we did it again that night. Sometimes we did it three or four times a day, depending on my situation. But yeah, all of a sudden, there's new routines to do. Um, probably taking thirty to fifty pills a day, and uh, just had to learn all of that. And um, it was scary and did a lot of praying and, and just, you know, our, our, our motto kind of became just, you know, we had to do our best and, and trust in God and, and let him take it from there. 
Oh my gosh, I, I can only imagine some of the dark uh, moments and some of the, as a 10-year-old boy, hell, even as a 40-year-old man, I could see myself feeling so sorry for myself and wondering why me, but I don't feel like that happened to you too much, did it? No, you tried not to, and I don't remember what age I started learning about the prognosis. I think my, you know, my parents protected me from that for a while, but later on they told me that when I was diagnosed, now that, you know, I was born in 66, so I was diagnosed in 76, and a lot has changed, thankfully, for the CF community since then, but when I was diagnosed in 1976, they told my parents not to expect me to live, you know, to be a teenager, so maybe a couple of more years. Um, we didn't know for sure, like, you, you know, what, there's different um, categories of CF and so forth, and we they didn't really know about any of that back then much. Um, so, but as I grew older, I knew, you know, you, you start seeing and reading and hearing about the life expectancy, and, you know, then it was 12, 13 years old, and I can remember um, turning 16 years old and, and seeing an article or something that now the life expectancy for a CF patient is 16. And I thought, wow, this, you know, it's kind of like this cloud of prognosis following you. And then I can remember, you know, an exciting news article came out, you know, one evening on the news and now it's 18 years old. And I can remember when they said it was 21 years old for the life expectancy. So that kind of follows you around, but I think what it did though was you don't wait around. You want to live life each day, like, you know, to be your last good day and you want to take advantage of everything you can do and have fun and enjoy it. And I think really looking back, that's, that was a blessing in disguise. You don't, um, you don't wait around. It's been the same way since my transplant too. You know, you, you want to do everything you can do to get, to get the, the most out of life. So, but yeah, you're right. Jay. It's a hard disease. It's, um, you know, I saw friends and, um, you know, people that I knew pretty well that were fighting this along with me. And, um, it, it, it's emotional. It's tough. It can be difficult. As you, as you know, your, your good friend's wife passed away, as you mentioned. So, yeah. So gosh, but when I look at your resume and look at the things you've done, you're, you know, you're, CEO owner with your wife of executive search. You're a lover of the game of golf. You've done so many uh, and accomplished so many things. I, I, I'm imagining one of the things that I struggle with the most, um, Randy, is trying to stay in the present. And I'm wondering, you know, did that help any? Did the, this situation help any because of the idea that, gosh, this could be my last moment? Yeah. That and um, when I received my transplant, uh, one of my doctors, who I'm still close with, he, he was doing rounds and he came in. And for double lung transplants, you know, all throughout the country, not just Barnes Hospital, um, Barnes is one of the top in the world. The uh, survival rate for a lung transplant patient is you got a 50% chance of being alive in five years. And so when my doctor came in, I, I will never forget this conversation I had with him. It was about three days after my surgery. And I said, hey, I said, you know, when you're on the other side of this waiting for a transplant, just to potentially have five, year, five more years with the way I was feeling sounded great. Um, now that I've had the surgery, I'm already feeling good. Is that really, you know, is that really what I'm facing? And he looked at me and he said, listen, he said that those statistics you have to remember they take into account everything, all different, you know, levels of health of people and all different situations. So don't live your life based on that statistic. Um, enjoy your life, live. He said, you know, you've got a good chance of having a long life. Now he wasn't promising me anything, but you know, I, I think I really took heart to that and realize, yeah, I can't, you know, and, and I'm a man of faith, and I realize, you know, God's going to be in control of our days, so I can remember thinking back and hearing that from him, thinking, yeah, I've got to, I've got to go out and, and live, and I met my wife, Teresa, a year and a half later, and we, we began dating, and so, so, you know, I'm thinking I'm a year and a half uh, in, into this potentially 50% chance in five years. Is it right? I fell in love with her. Is it right for me to propose to her or not? And um, I kind of, you know, again, went back to my faith and went back to what my doctor told me. And like, 
you know, told Teresa knew the situation and we got married. Um, we both had always wanted to see Hawaii. So we dated for a year. We went off to Hawaii and got married and end of this month, we're celebrating 20 years of marriage. So it's just, and yeah, and we started uh, Sims executive search. I started that in 2005 as our uh, search firm and, and she joined me in 2010. And so we, we love working together and we've got the same passions and it's been amazing. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, this is such a story, uh, a, a victorious story. This is such a fun story to tell um, because of, of, of what you're doing. I mean, 20, this is your 23rd year, right? With your new lungs. Yeah. April will be uh, April 9th, 1999 will be, uh, it was my surgery. So this April 9th will uh, coming up will be 20, 23 years. And, uh, it's, it's funny when you, um, I'm not sure why this is, but you meet people in St. Louis, you know, or when I moved over here to St. Louis and, you know, it's, it's kind of, where did you go to high school? Uh, when you've had a, a, a lung transplant, it's what number are you? And I, I remember 468 at Barnes and, um, you know, they're well over a thousand, uh, I think getting close to 2000 now. Um, so yeah, April, April 9th, uh, this coming April 9th will be 23 years of, you know, feeling great. And, um, I was a 468th person to be uh, transplanted at Barnes and yeah, that's extremely thankful. So Randy, and I want to talk about some of the really cool things you and your wife have done and, and your life, um, you know, since the, the, um, surgery and the transplant, but are you the longest, I tried to find some research on there. Is there anyone in the United States with the double lung that's lived longer than you have? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there is. I'm not sure if there's a way to find that out or not. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm, I'm not the longest survivor. No, I know there's people. Um, it, it been you know 30 plus years, okay. um, which is rare. But um, it's uh, it's it's fantastic for for them to. And, and 23 years though is is not common. Uh, to make it that far. It's, it's 23 years out is, is very rare as well. And so Randy, with some of the neat things you do, tell us all the story about one of the gifts that your wife uh, gave yeah. you on your 20th anniversary and, and the masters. And we can start talking a little bit about your love for the game and how you kind of relied and used the game as kind of therapy for you. Yeah, so my wife spoiled me like crazy, and I'm, you know, so thankful for her. And we, and we just have a lot of fun just enjoying life together. So um, the year of my 20th transplant, she surprised me and, and told me, you know, that January that she was going to provide me with 20 neat experiences around the country and uh, that we were going to do 20 things, you know, go 20 places. And one of them was I got to play Pebble Beach. And, you know, there were just a bunch of really neat things like that. But the biggest one was um, we were going to go to the Masters. And since my transplant, so this was in 2019, that was my 20-year anniversary. With my transplant being on April 9th, we would be at the Masters and uh, the exact same day of my surgery. And she, she is such a great planner. So they, they put me to sleep. At, I'll never forget this, and there's a story behind this, but it was at 1.32 in the afternoon on April 9th, they put me to sleep um, to go into surgery. We were on the ground at Augusta at 1.32, 20 years later, to, to the minute that I was put underneath to go into my surgery. And um, she took a picture, you know, there, it was practice round. So we were, we were able to take a picture and um, emailed it to my surgeon and just said, Hey, you know, I never would have guessed that when, you know, you were operating on me 20 years ago today, that I would, would be here, feel good enough to walk around. As you know, Jay, the, the Augusta is beautiful, but it, the TV never gives justice to the hill. That's a lot of really steep inclines and so forth. And, felt great to do all of that. And, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that was a pretty emotional, pretty emotional a moment for, for Teresa and I, and she just really, 
I mean, went above and beyond in making that. That was just such a special thing for us to be able to do together. Oh, yeah. Hats off to Teresa. And just as you said, um, walking Augusta, man, I mean, there are a lot of folks that struggle out there, you know, that might be a little overweight or something like that. And I can see you with your two new lungs and, you know, all the fitness and things that you've been doing. You were probably cruising up and down there and thinking this is, this is the coolest <laughs> thing that's ever happened. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I did. I felt good and, and uh, really, I mean, really didn't even get short of breath at all. And so it was just, uh, it was fantastic. All right, so that's going to wrap up the first half of this Randy Sims interview. But don't go anywhere. We'll give you the rest of that interview on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This week's spotlight is I want to shine a light on Adam Betts and what he's doing at the Family Golf Learning Center. Um, You have got to go down and check out what Adam is offering there. Um, We're working on a deal right now for him to get involved with the show. He's got my good buddy, Mike Murphy, who is a chiropractor, Dr. Murphy, great guy, a scratch golfer, worked for the Rams and on their players when they were in town, currently works on the Blues. Um, And Murph is going to have a chiropractor on site out at Family Golf Center to help you understand your body, your biomechanics, what's ailing you, why you're not able to turn. Um, Adam and and the group at Family Golf has taken this to the next level. There's simulators inside. There's club fitting. There's um, an entire uh, club repair unit. There's a full service bar. There's heated ranges. Anything you need for golf. This is in our section. Adam Betts in the Family Golf Center. You gotta check them out. Hey everybody, it's Ben Skill. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to welcome Rap Soto Golf to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Folks, this device is super, super cool. It's small, just a little bit bigger than your cell phone. It works in conjunction with your phone to help track your shots. It talks about launch angle, spin rate, dispersion, uh, how far the ball goes. It is really, really something. You can go to rapsotogolf.com and check this thing out. It'll also give you a couple drop downs. You can see how they're transferring this technology into baseball and softball and they're working with all 30 major league baseball teams now so this is a viable product but if you want to practice in the winter and you want to get better and you want to stop figuring out where that ball went after you hit it into the net get a rap soto and check them out you will love it we appreciate them being part of the show go to rapsoto.com rapsoto.com Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff, and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America, and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA of America for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Um, There are over 300 men and women PGA professionals and over 100 golf facilities in the greater St. Louis area supporting us. They're experts in the game. They know the business of the golf of golf. And at this point in time, this pandemic, the golf courses are jammed. These folks are working 10, 12 hour days and just doing great stuff and really appreciate them. Every time you pull up to a public course or a private course, a driving range, there's a really good chance by that that facility is run by a member of our section. Some of the examples of the programs that are run by these PGA professionals and the Gateway PGA section include PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the PGA Junior League. To learn more about the Gateway PGA, go to gatewaypga.org. To find a local PGA professional coach 
for your next session, go to PGA.com. The PGA, growing this game we love. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got John Perlis, my buddy, caddy with me. And we are headed to the Back Nine, which is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Folks, go out and get yourself fitted for the correct set of clubs for you and call our friend CJ and set up an appointment. He was formerly with Family Golf. He is as knowledgeable as anyone I've ever met, and he can help you out. Ask them about the Delsing discount. They'll give you uh, a, uh, a discount on an already very low price, 314-647-8054, or visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. All right, we're just going to jump straight in to the second half of my interview with Randy Sims. Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life, have you seen anything like that? Randy Sims is brought to you by Golden Tee. Randy, tell tell us a little bit about how the game helped you through this, through some of the trying periods, and how you look forward to getting back on the golf course, and how sometimes when we can set those goals for ourselves mentally and actually picture ourselves living in that goal, so to speak, you know, you can imagine yourself playing again, how important that is. Yeah. So I, uh, I played golf in high school, so it's been really fun part of my life. And and in high school, it was, it was really important to me to be on, uh, you know, it's a team sport in, in high school, even though we're playing individual matches and, and it was good to have that camaraderie. It was a good distraction. Um, and I, I continued, you know, playing on through my life, um, you know, didn't play competitively in college or on on my college team, but, you know, an adult moving here to St. Louis, you know, I had great friends I played golf with here all the time. And it was just, was, um, a good way to help, you know, be outside, enjoy the fresh air and, and, and feel good. And again, to have that distraction, something to always look forward to in doing. And then when I got put on the, the transplant list, um, you know, I was on the list for 20 months waiting, you know, and um, wondering if I was going to get called or not. Um, and about a year into that list, my doctor told me that, you know, I wouldn't be able to, I shouldn't work. I should take time off of work because I was getting too sick. And so uh, he said, you really need to finish your weight, you know, at home. So you're, uh, you're strong enough, you know, just rest and build up your strength for this surgery that's hopefully going to happen here one of these days. And so when I got, um, you know, sent home basically from work, suggested to go home from work, in my mind, I thought, first thing, uh, uh, I'm going to become the best golfer in the world because I don't, I don't, I can't work now. And for some reason I thought I wasn't feeling good enough to work. I could go, I was just going to go to the driving range for eight hours a day. And, um, I remember my dad, uh, he, he went out there with me the first time. So I hadn't played much golf. I, I, I hadn't been feeling that great, but I thought, well, I'm going to just do this. And I'm going to, and I got out there and it was pretty disheartening. I, I didn't realize how much my lungs had deteriorated um, from a physical standpoint. I knew from the numbers and all the tests and so forth. And first two or three swings on the driving range and I was just, doubled over short of breath. I just, you know, got the bag, went back to the car and I'm like, Oh man, I'm now golf is gone. Um, you know, no work, no golf and just, you know, different things going on in my life. Um, I I was diagnosed at that time too, with uh, being diabetic. So I was kind of working through those new scenarios and, and, um, but it's still, you know, I just knew one day I wanted to start playing again. And, uh, it wasn't too long after my surgery, uh, you know, that my doctor is about, I think, a month and a half or two months uh, after the surgery that they cleared me to go back out. And gosh, I just, it was great. Just, you know, threw myself back into the game and, and um, you know, now with work and everything else, just to try and get out and play as, as much as I can, because you're right, it's, it's mentally, it's a great game to play. Um, 
you just, uh, whether you're playing well or not that day, you just get a lot of satisfaction of being out there. And uh, I'll tell you, I appreciate it a hundred more times um, than I ever thought I would. Just the fact that I can do it, uh, something that was taken away from me and then given back to you, um, it, it makes a big difference. Randy, lastly, tell us about your golf game. How do you play these days and what, uh, what's your game like? Well, um, I'm down to about a seven or eight handicap and, uh, for 55 years old, I'm, I'm still playing the, not the tips, but you know, the blue tees and, um, get, get competitive. I, I play in the singles and doubles matches at, at my club and, um, hit the ball, you know, pretty good. And, but it's, as you know, Jay, the probably one of the most enjoyable things about golf is always trying to get better and figuring out how to get better and tinkering with the clubs or the swing. And, um, you know, just every, every time I tee it up again, it's just one exciting to be able to do it. So thankful that I feel good enough to do it. And then inside, I'm just trying to get better and trying to shoot my, you know, best score of my life still. And, um, so yeah, I, I'm not great by any means, but um, I can, you know, uh, usually somewhat keep up with the guys that I that I play with. And uh, if I happen to outdrive them, I sometimes will remind them that I'm a few years older than them and I've had a double lung transplant. So I'm not sure why my ball's up there 10 or 20 yards further than theirs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I absolutely love that, Randy. And, you know, when we had Bill DeWitt third on the show, he said something similar, and when you ta- just mentioned it, it reminded me. He said he would drive to the course, and he thinks, today might be the day I have the best round of my life. And there's something about this game. It's almost insidious, too, because it keeps bringing us back, even though quite often we're tortured by it. You know, it's really <laughs> a rare kind of, it's almost like an addiction sometimes. It is. It is. And um, it's... It does. It, it, it keeps you just wanting, you know, not, not only each day, um, but, you know, I, I get forward, look, looking forward to the next season. And that's one thing I, I, you know, the two biggest things I've learned that are important to me in life is one is my faith. Um, and the other one is you have to keep having things to look forward to in life. And, you know, my wife is great at that and, you know, planning things for us or, you know, new adventures, um, obviously during the, the COVID season that became much more difficult, but just, um, you know, always having something else. And, and, and with golf, it's, uh, even if you're here in St. Louis and, you know, January and February may not be great, but Hey, you, you know, spring is around the corner and you, you make sure you got your clubs cleaned off and you're looking forward and you're getting excited to working towards, you know, getting back out on that first day and, um, just having those things to, to look forward to make a, a big difference for us emotionally, I think. Oh, my gosh. Hope springs eternal, doesn't it? <laughs> it yes. It really does. It sure does. Well, Randy, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us today. Thanks for telling us your story. And, folks, sign the back of your license and, uh, and get involved yeah. with the transplant uh, world. It is really a tremendous gift to give. Well, Jay, thank you. This is, it's been an honor to get to visit with you. I'm a big fan of yours. And um, yeah, ho- hopefully maybe, you know, you and I have said something out there today that uh, will, will give people some hope and, and encouragement as well. That's always my goal. And I, and I know it is yours too. All right. So that's going to wrap up that interview. John, just briefly before we, we, we wrap up this back nine, some of the, th- th- some of the things that struck me were how he used the game, his love for the game, and his desire to get back to some sort of normalcy in his life. He used that as a motivational carrot that, you know, we all do that in in certain ways, set up goals and figure out ways to kind of push ourselves and to try to accomplish things. But when you're talking about, I can't imagine the mental grind that he must have been going through, thinking, I don't even know if I'm going to get all, I'm on this list to get these new lungs. I don't even know if I'm going to get them. What is that like? I mean, this is not like, oh, man, I hope I can, uh, you know, I hope, you know, I can buy a new set of clubs. This is like, I don't know if I'm going to be breathing next week. Yeah, I, I, what is it like? I have absolutely no idea. Um, and with a little luck, I won't know forever. 
But, uh, you know, it was interesting to me, Jay, what a perfect guy to interview on your show because really golf has played a pivotal part his whole life. Uh, even early on when he was playing, uh, I think it was high school team, if I have the years right, uh, playing high school team. You know, what other sport was he going to be able to play when he had, you know, a breathing issue like that, right? Nothing else. What, uh, what other sport could he come out and do when he's in recovery or in between recovery or, or trying to be, when he was on the waiting list, what could he even consider to do? You could always putt and chip at least, and be around the golf course and smell the grass. That's the uniqueness of this game, which, you know, in a nutshell for me is why you have this radio show. I just think it was, it was fantastic. And uh, uh, what, what a courageous, interesting, and appreciative uh, gentleman he is. Right, and it's perfect for the, for the gratitude area of Thanksgiving, you know, that we just had. And the other thing that struck me, John, and, and then we're going to have to break, but we just talked about Tiger Woods. We talked about, in his, his interview, he would get wheeled outside so he could smell the grass. He would get on his crutches, and he would lay on the grass sometimes where he'd just take himself out. And you sit there and think about, you know, Tiger's what, what, Tiger wasn't life-threatening after it wasn't life-threatening, so to speak. This poor guy has had a challenge that is just, you know, monumental. And but he's used a lot of those same techniques with the, and and the love of the game to help him get back to the life that he wants to lead. And I think that just that's what really turned me on about this guy. His story and is so heartwarming. There's a great book out there. The obstacle is the way. That's exactly what this is about. It's the obstacles in our life. How do they make us stronger? And then what are the gifts within those obstacles? And uh, Randy's found both of those, which is just, you know, the best. And so what, 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 a, what a great story and that he shares the story and that he's out there uh, working hard for CF. I, I love the part where he talked about meeting uh, Jack Nicholas. I thought that was just yep. Yep. stunning. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That, how good that was and how Jack handled it. Not a, not a surprise. What hasn't Nicholas done relative to – contributing back i mean he's what a stud that guy is and and to be able to do something even in that part of it uh it's just fantastic it's just what what a great blend of stories with golf right well that's going to wrap up the back nine don't go anywhere pearl and i'll be back for the michelob ultra 19th hole golf with jay delsing hi this is bob costas and you're listening to golf with jay delsing i'm with my buddy joe sheezer from usa mortgage Hi, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company, so over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage 314-628-2015 and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available and give you an opportunity to support a local company. Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. Hey, guys, I know you've heard golf is booming, and it really is. There are more people playing golf today than ever before. And you know who else is doing great? My friends at Whitmore Country Club. I don't know if you know about their membership, but if you join at Whitmore Country Club, there's 90 holes. They give you access to the links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the Missouri Bluffs. And the cart fees are included in the membership, so you're not going to get dinged for a cart fee. There's no food or beverage minimums, no assessments, no nothing. Just great golf, great places to eat. They have a large pool complex, three tennis courts. They've got a kids' club. You can drop your children off, you and your significant other, your wife can go out, play a little golf. 
You can call them at 636-926-9622. And when you go over there, poke your head in the golf shop and say hi to my friend Bummer. He is terrific. He wants to help you with your game, and he'll show you around. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, yeah, let me start it. <laughs> if you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is refreshed by Michelob Ultra. All right, welcome to the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly is here with me, and uh, we are headed. Pearly, pop one. Let's have a little Mick Ultra. And uh, let's go to the uh, 19th hole. I really want to thank... Randy Sims again for for joining me and telling his story and uh, man he does some motivational speaking for cystic fibrosis you know our buddy Dillard Pruitt's uh, lovely wife Fran fought that disease like a trooper and unfortunately did not did not make it through but uh, so that's a just a, a special story and a really tough tough disease to uh, take on. Anyway, so, Pearl, I want to go I, – I, so we talked last week a little bit about golf courses, and we had some fun um, going back and forth on courses that people have never heard of, kind of hidden gems. Have you got a golf course that just sticks out in your mind that you're like, this is just badass when I get to play this. This is just super, super cool. Or even something, John, that that – you may not, people may not have heard of a golf course that has a special memory to you or something like that. You know, you're, you're prepping me on that. I, I'll tell you, Jay, I think so much of it has to do with the, the experience around the playing part of the country, the weather situation. I, I still have to say, and, and it might sound a little bit odd, but Butler National is one that just stands out, uh, as I mentioned last time. But but some of the other ones, uh, kind of kind of across the board. I would also think areas that I want to go play in that just seem to stand out to me. Bandon Dunes for sure. I really want to go. I've never gone and taken that uh, that tr- trek up in uh, Scotland or Ireland or or to kind of the the famous courses up there. So I'm kind of planning kind of a bucket list thing with a couple of friends to to go. Consider those things. And by the way, when you say courses that might not be the most famous, I'm pretty sure what I want to do up there, because I've heard about this, is to go find the good golf courses that aren't famous and, and play those. And there's, there's more than enough of them, as you and I have discussed. As a matter of fact, I think some of the best courses that are out there people don't know about. 
So there, there was just a branding issue, or they never had a big PGA event or majors or something like that. That's kind of what puts a lot of these courses on the map, which is great, but it doesn't mean that they're the best golf courses. Pearl, what about like when what we would do when you were caddying for me, and we would find a course on Wednesday when it wasn't in the pro am. Remember, up at Milwaukee, uh, went the, at the GMO, up the Greater Milwaukee Open. We'd go out and play Osaka, Osaka Country yeah. Club. Remember yeah. that? And um, it sounds almost like it's um, Japanese, but I think it's an Indian uh, name. But how much fun was that golf course to play? And you could, you would drive by that a hundred times and never stop in. Well, absolutely. That and that's that's what I mean by that. When we, when we talk about cities having these great golf courses, there's another one. Well, and then one of the trips you and I took when we were at, at the uh, uh, what, what was that called? Not not Brown Deer. What was that called it, uh, in Milwaukee? Yeah, Brown, Brown Deer. Brown Deer Park. Brown Deer. Yep. Brown Deer Park. Right. But when we went up and uh, and played Whistling Straits, I mean, you know, we had a perfect day. There was nobody out there. So that's one of the highlights of all time. Because by the way, you and I played it from the tips, and they don't play it from the tips when they play it on on tour. So uh, you and I How played it from the tips. How did we get so lucky to go to Whistling Straits? I can remember. You're absolutely right. The guy's like, "Yeah, just go out on the tee." I think it was when yeah. it was just in its infancy. I don't think it had had the acclaim yet. It's the only reason I can think of why it was so open. But you're right. Well, there, was, there weren't many people out there. It was pre the first. It was the first tour event they had out there the pga anyway it was it was yep. pre their first yep. event right we were the kind of the the, the the spring before or the summer before something like that but it, it's hard to stand up there plus you know again you, you didn't know what state you're in you're thinking you're in california or something you're in wisconsin for crying a lot i love wisconsin but you you don't feel like you're in traditional wisconsin so that's another great place but that's the beauty of the game it's not like everybody's needs to jam on and find the one golf course and wait in line. There's so many great courses out there to, to enjoy and so many different types. Uh, you know, I, I have such a desire to go play band and dunes in some of those places, but my game's not ready for any of that stuff. It's just like, if I go play in Europe, I want to be able to hit the ball at least a certain way to be able to navigate around those. You get out there with a little bit of wind and a little bit of rain. If you don't have a game, it'll just, you're going to be dragging high, high end the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I can just remember, John, as a kid, going into some of these places. I can remember the first time, i tell you this story, I'm being recruited by UCLA, and I'm uh, like, I got my really cool uh, triple-knit light blue pants on with like a, a shirt that's got 7,000 stripes in it. You know, I'm looking really good. And I'm, I and remember- afro, And an afro. I, an afro I don't think I had an. Going. I probably did have an afro in high school. I know you, I did once. Did. I got. I did. did. I probably did. Thanks for bringing that up. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm standing there and I'm looking like I'm on this first tee playing with Gary Wyron, who's a master PGA uh, professional and things like that. And I couldn't play with Coach Marins because that was against the rules back then. And I can remember hitting this drive and somehow hitting the first fairway at Bel Air, thinking I'll, I'll never hit this fairway. And I hit it down there, and I'm about. <clears throat> Six, eight steps off the tee, and you know how downhill that is. It's a very elevated tee shot. And I step in a hole and slide with the bag. You know how cool it was. We carried our bags backwards. I got my clubs behind me instead of in front of me. And I go down on two knees and slide about 12 feet in the dewy, wet grass in my light blue pants. Can't. I got my hands in my pockets because that was a cool way to carry your bag as well. Can't get them out of my pocket, so I go down face plant. I got wet from head to toe, and I stand up, and my pants have green grass stain on them. They'll never come out, ever. And the green doesn't match the blue that well. Pearl, this is the first hole. This is this is. Ten steps off the first tee at Bel Air, and I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm never going to get this gig. I mean, I walk, I remember walking back into the pro shop, and I looked down, and I have got, I've got eight inches of grass stain on each knee, and I just play, golf. A, <laughs> I just played golf. Like you're not supposed to fall when you play golf. Was that a precursor foreshadowing for the rest of your career at UCLA, or how would you describe that? Or was that the low point, and everything it was up from there? Yes, I think. I don't know. I don't know. It was. Like, I, I thought to myself, "Oh my! How do I get my pants off? You know, how do? Is this ever going to come out? Because I bought these. You know, I didn't have any money, and I saved up all my money to buy these special pants, and I ruined them with grass stain. It was a bad day. 
Anyway, it worked out great. I don't know how we kind of got off of that tangent, but I'll, I'll never forget stepping in that hole and um, thinking, well, I got a couple of problems here. Can't walk, and I'm going to try to play golf for the rest of my life. Pro, well, that, then, he ended up being, then he ended up being a couple time All American at UCLA, so it worked out just fine. Yeah, I got the walking thing down a little better. Now, uh, <laughs> that's going to wrap up another show. Pearl, thanks so much for being with us, and we will be back next week with more of Golf with Jay Delsing. Let's grow the game, St. Louis.